Welcome back everyone, episode 165 of the Green and Gold Rugby Podcast. Delighted to be sponsored by the NRC. The season's finished, it was a cracking culmination to the event, and we'll talk a lot about that soon with uh, a couple of great guests on the show tonight, which will be uh, which will be great value for uh, where we are in the season. Very relevant, the domestic season's finished, and the, the uh, end-of-season tour has only just begun. First and foremost, our fearless leader, Matt Rowley. Gags, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Good to be back. Long-time listener. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent, mate. We, we seem to be past each other like ships in the night when I'm not on your hosting and, and yes. vice versa. So anyway. Good one. Um, and as a very special guest tonight, we're delighted to have him, Sean Maloney from Fox Sports. How are you, Sean? I've been waiting for this moment for a number of years, and it's finally arrived. <laughs> I'm with royalty. I'm with Australian rugby royalty. I'm well, mate. I'm good. I'm... Uh, we're pretty pumped up from uh, in our CGF at Ballymore this weekend. It's a great way to wrap it all up. Well, let's talk about that. We'll go straight in the grand final. We want to get your opinion of it. I was there. You were there. It was a fantastic game, and I thought a really fitting uh, culmination of the season. And you know, the game of footy is what we wanted. It was it was entertaining. It was still pretty damn physical, um, but the atmosphere is great. Eight grand, eight thousand people at Ballymore Stadium. A really great atmosphere to it all. Queensland Rugby have done it well all season. Uh, a really fitting end to the season, don't you reckon, Sean? Oh, absolutely. I was so thrilled to see that many people roll in and, and just embrace it. You know, they were right. They rode every hit, every try. They were a really involved crowd. And uh, I, think, I think probably the... Um, I wouldn't say the... It's certainly the best team one on the night. But overall, Brisbane City did well to, um, to hang in there and... And then the Rising got bounced uh, by the Spirit, you know, it really opened up for them. And they were rightful favourites and uh, on the night rightful winners as well. But it was just, it was a brutal game. Like, there was a lot of strong shots going. The scrum, the scrum was heavy, you know. There were some really big exchanges in there. And all the way around, I think, in Melbourne, I think it was just a, just the perfect way to wrap it all up. A couple of cracking tries in there too. Bone Hull, it's Penny, going for the highlight reel. I mean, where did he come from to seal uh, the whole deal? Well, he was sensational. And the thing about Junior, too, is he did it to the Perth Spirit in round three or four, whenever the last, when Brisbane City went over there last time. he uh, The Spirit were running away with it and looked all set to win that game. Junior came on, I'm pretty sure as a replacement as well, again ran the length of the field to score the match-winning try. So the Spirit must hate the sight of young Junior and his <laughs> floppy well, little haircut. Well, the back haircut. of him, because evidently they've seen that. I'm I'm told his nickname is Prince because his hair is uh, eerily similar to the artist formerly known as. So uh, the Prince part of it was 1999, which is what we put in the uh, call on Saturday night. But it's awesome, you know. And you're right, the Reds, the Reds, um, Reds social media team and their media unit did such an exceptional job of promoting and taking that whole competition. And they led the way uh, by by some site, I think, in terms of pumping their teams up. They cut that resource, and, um, and I think they, were, they you know, really set the bar as to where we need to get to next year as well. 
Yeah, and, and let's talk about that in a second and, and where we see this comp- competition evolving to. And I just want to talk a bit more about the final because, you know, I'm obviously a, a, a devout Brisbane fan and, and a couple of points I want to make, um, and, and I guess highlight some individual performances, but the, if you talk as a, as a pack and let's narrow it down to that tight five, the Brisbane City scrum was, was superb on, on Saturday night and I was sitting down there on the players' bench and the size of these guys, these the front rowers in in Fagazi and Paraka, and then they bring on um, Kite and Fio. They are huge men um, and young men. This is the thing. There's all early twenties. And let me say this: I can't remember the last time I've heard a front rower get a standing ovation. But when when Paraka came <laughs> off the field, the Ballymore McLean stand stood as one and, and applauded. Two tries, um, but a, a fantastic scrummaging effort as well. And up against a very good Faro from the Perth Spirit in Ollie Hoss and uh, Robbie Abel and Pete Cowan, who, you know, he's been a Wolfie this year and has a number of test caps his own. So the young blokes certainly aren't back. And that was one of the concerns from the get-go that with this increased power of game that the set piece could suffer. I think Saturday night we saw completely the opposite, how important the skill is and how fast some of these young guys are coming on because they were enormous. I think the average age of those four guys that you just mentioned, those four ginormous human beings, they're only about 21, 22, somewhere in between. So, I mean, if, uh, imagine if those four alone go on and represent Australia in years to come. I mean, already this competition has gone some way towards um, looking after itself, if you know what I mean. 100%. Especially if we can produce someone with the last name Fugazi. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I don't know much Italian, but I, I think I know that word. It, it, all you have to do is see that scene from uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. It's it's a Fagazi, it's a Fagazi. It's... <laughs> <laughs> and the um, and the real tricky one, Matty, is Fiatite. So the surname is spelled K-I-T-E, but uh, in, in Polynesian pronunciation, it's a Fiatite. And at 135 kilos, he can be called whatever he wants. So <laughs> it's a fearsome-looking unit. Sir, I don't think that's the word I'd use. Sir will work, yeah, sir will definitely sir. work. Um, he's also touching on the top five there, Reg. David uh, McGillian was outstanding all year. I'd like to who gets a shot under the Reg next year. I know he's up against a fairly handy competition there. And, um, Kirby and uh, Rob Simmons, but who is so durable, you know, takes plenty of hits, can work the full, the full way he gets through it, no dramas, and, and led nicely. Um, I think Master Costa as well. Yes, absolutely. came out of nowhere. And it was, uh, I think he was a very narrow second in terms of the man of the match behind Gilly on Saturday night. He had an outstanding on the barn former. Well, Dills' real strength this season has been uh, his meters made. I mean, his runs and the effectiveness of those runs, which is something that we've lacked, and probably Australian rugby's lacked a bit. You take out Will Skelton during the Super Rugby, but you know that meter gainer uh, lock. I know Simo and Kev. It's it's not a necessarily st- strong string to their bow. So Dills has got a big role to play next year, and, and it stood up. The other guy I wouldn't mind pointing out, and it's from the opposition. But how good was Dane Hallett Petty? Yeah, a real yeah. danger yeah. from the back all the time. He was, and such a rangy sort of a play, you know, long arms, long legs, long limbs, um, really strong through the hips as well. He, he's an interesting one, Dane. So he had played with the force, and going back to 2008, 2009, had a couple of games and showed a few glimpses, still only very raw, very young, 
went overseas, played up in uh, the top 14 in France. So I think he may have been with Biarritz, yep. 100% sure. He's come back, played bits and pieces for the force this year, and now with um, even more fully under his belt down here, I think he'll just go to another level next year over uh, in WA. He, he's certainly one to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. He, he, it's been a great season for him. And, and again, this competition has provided those guys with just some much-needed minutes to see them through and, 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 and provide them that great you know, stepping stone to next year. They'll finish the season strongly. They've got plenty of uh, minutes under their belt. Uh, they can have whatever sort of off-season they have, but they know they've got the uh, the ability to, to step up to that ne- next level. And there's guys play those guys all around the place. The other one I keep mentioning is JJ Tolungi, who had a great season um, after a, a difficult Super Rugby period. So you know the benefits to this NRC uh, are, are you know, significant, um, and I think we'll see them for years to come. Wrapping up this game before we we look forward to that NRC. Brisbane obviously running out 37-26 to 26 winners there with uh, Liam Gill, uh, the official man of the match, I believe. But uh, again, you could have given it to any number of people. But congratulations to them. Oh, I, the other guy I want to mention is coach Nick Stiles. Um, Stiles is one that has caught the eye this tournament, I reckon. Um, he's handled himself publicly, really professionally. Um, all these teams, it's got to be... And maybe less so the likes of the... Um, the spirit and the, the rising who have had their professional infrastructure around them and I'm not saying these two Queensland teams didn't but there were a hell of a lot of these club players came into this and for Stiles you to bring those guys together and, and see them develop through the season I think it's a, a really impressive uh, coaching performance and the way their forwards in particular have dominated and we saw it was one of the few positives from the red season was the performance of our pack on occasion so Stiles he's starting to sort of make a bit of a name himself as a, as a coach and uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that machination plays out in the next couple of years up in Queensland here. Yeah, he did. He did a great job. And uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's the same thing, Reg, because we um, we would, before each broadcast game this year, we obviously had pushing to for a few of those. We'd make the point of um, interviewing the captains and coaches, and more often not, it would only be the captains' interviews that made it to where it was such a convention. Just to give these guys the exposure of yep. you know, what to come down the track and get them get them used to it and uh, maybe said all the right things. He wasn't afraid to, to call it how he wanted it to um, call it. And even when we get them coming into the second half, he was you know really strong saying, you know, we should be getting yellow cards at scrum time on Saturday night. So he he's throwing his feet on that front too. And, and you're right, he's really managed to um, bring some of those guys. You know, I've got to say, I'm, I'm across all the Sydney club rugby guys, but my Brisbane perspective is not so... Um, Abby, but, uh, you know, guys like Toby White, yep. particularly in that back line, you know, he showed he was up to it. He's a, he's a kid that's come through, I think, with East and, and showed that he's up to it, no doubt that's from the coaching of Bell and Pope. Yeah, Toby White's a good example. He's one of those guys that a lot of the people who know their club rugby in Brisbane have talked about for a while and wanted to see how he'd go at the next level. Um, and this was his chance, and he had, a, he had a wonderful season and scored plenty of tries and, and played strongly. Gags, I've got a quick question for you um, on the back of the outcome on Saturday night. Where are the stubby coolers? <laughs> Waratahs win their trophy and they get stubby coolers. Bris- Brisbane City, where are our stubby coolers? Uh, in development, mate. Okay. Yeah, in, in development. We had all those spare yellow uh, stubby coolers ready for whoever won this competition. Now we've just got to put the logos on them. Exactly. <laughs> we've got yeah, we've got people uh, you know slapping them on as, as we speak. Excellent, excellent.
Um, all right, well, let's look broader at the season as a whole, uh, you know, as a package and, and what the expectations were and whether they're met. And, Shawnee, you can talk from another couple of hats here, obviously, as a, a, a big rugby fan, but also in your capacity uh, with Fox Sports, the broadcaster. What's your perception of, of the season now it's complete? Well, I think we've had to all start playing, and I'm glad we've, we've laid it down as a master heading into next year. I think the rugby was ever going to be a problem. Um, it was just sort of building enough awareness around it. And, and I know a dear friend of yours, Scott McCoy, has written a really good today uh, over on the Raw, sort of highlighting his ups and downs with the competition. My, many of my uh, issues were kind of mirrored in that article where it, it became quite frustrating at times in terms of, uh, as I said, the awareness around the competition because the rugby was so good, you know, like yeah. we had guys kind of rugby the way it should have been played from the very get-go. They embraced it, you got full bang for your butt, you could sit on the hill at Brookie on a Sunday afternoon, slam a few cans, had a right to eat. It was it was all such a good passage, but somewhere on the line the ball was dropped in terms of embracing the clubs. I think that was a really shitty idea. There was no real embracing of the clubs that went together to make those terms up. And um, as a result, we kind of lost our way a little bit on that front. From a broadcast perspective, um, it was awesome because the ball was always in play. There was no real dead time. It was it was a treat to be part of it. Really was. Yeah, I was interested. You mentioned about the ball and play. Have you seen any stats? I, I remember I was seeing some early stats uh, on ball and play, and and they're really positive. They're they're uh, you know potentially sometimes ten minutes more than a Super Rugby game. Um, the average Super Rugby game was. I was interested to see how that panned out for the rest of the season as well. Yeah, I'll be I'll be happy to share those with you guys when I come through. I had um, Scotty Young, the uh, the rest boss, who did a terrific job alongside Benny Whitaker this year in terms of um, trying to give us kick along in that front. So yeah, the numbers are up in terms of the the ball and play, and I'm, and I'm guessing it only takes a few points to to rise to really um, suck the gas out of you and suck the energy out of your teams because. At the back end of some of those games, which you guys would know, you know, points were getting run up because they yeah. were so buggered from... I mean, to use an example, the Rays, Brisbane City game, where they went out by 77 points. But the Rays were running it off their own trial line from 30 yeah. seconds into the game. You know, something's got to give it away on that front. And um, and they lived and died. Well, they got blown out the back end, but you can't knock them for it because they were trying to do the right thing from the first whistle. Yeah, yeah, great. So, so what is what's what's the answer for Sydney? I mean, uh, you know, they probably they struggled because I, I guess somewhat from a, a depth of talent. You know, a lot of the talent was sucked up elsewhere. Um, but do they need that controlling entity? Does the New South Wales Rugby or Waratah Inc. or someone need to take a greater control, a la what Queensland Rugby did up here? Similar sort of models, and obviously within Canberra, Melbourne, and and uh, Perth. Yeah, I've got to say that kind of caught me. By surprise, it, it, it seemed to me, it seemed that there was a bit of a lack of support from a Waratah yeah. viewpoint. And, and I use social media as an example. I mean, I don't think I saw, I don't think I saw them retweet or pump up or tweet one of their clubs yeah, throughout point. the entirety of the tournament. Oh, I might be wrong, yep. but um, I would have thought that because these are players that they'll be calling on or pulling back into the preseason, they would be going tall for leather in terms of um, trying to pump it up every which way they could. So, 
I don't know. I don't know if we. Uh, I think the stars are probably going to need um, probably need another club to to take. Yeah. Big ask for Chris Malone to shape a team for national competition with just a our main Saudi's team to to call on, and that's not to to downplay some of the quality that came out. And that Loma Cobain who came in from Bahrain was he was awesome. He was a hit man when he yeah. came on and played him that last. So I think they need another team in the mix with them. I don't know who they who they draw on or who jumps ship over to those guys, but they need to get that sorted. And then again, there needs to be, I think, a bit more reflection from the top of the town as to what's doing with these teams. Where, where do we want them to be placed to, to benefit the state? Yeah. Matt, what about from your perspective? Did, were you, uh, I mean, you, you know, we're obviously in a privileged position here in terms of getting the news, but... Was there a feel of it down there in New South Wales and on what was happening NRC to the average punter amongst your your kids' teams and the, your family and the families and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I don't think it really uh, registered at that level, to be yeah. honest. Um, so yeah, through the usual sort of channels, you know, through you know the rugby clubs and stuff like that, where you'd usually hear about stuff with the Tars, it just didn't even connect um, in, in in any way. So I mean, yeah, I think that was tough. I, it's this is one of those ones where it's hard to know whether it's just that it just needs some time. Yeah. Um, because it, you know, yeah, there are clubs aligned, but they're not the same clubs, and yeah. so it takes time for people to get along. It takes time for people to get these things not just in their consciousness, but that you know, in their schedules. Yeah. Um, and all those sorts of things. So I think it's one of those ones where you know we, we don't know where the ARC might have might have got to if it'd been given a few more years. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with this now. Is you know you'll only know whether this thing's moving in the right direction or not um, in a few years. I mean, I, I guess maybe there's some explanation. I know it's you know we all know it's fairly highly political as far as which teams where which clubs have aligned with who and all the rest of it. And I and I. I, I'm not trying to make excuses for the, the Waratahs or New South Wales Rugby Union and that. I'm sure they'll kind of probably found themselves a bit of a meat in that sandwich as well. Um, it's, you know, not to be seen to be backing any one or the other, I guess. Um, whereas maybe in, uh, in Queensland, you know, with just the two teams, it was a little bit easier, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was a call, I guess, they made early, Queensland mm-hmm. Rugby, to for that reason. they, uh, I guess that some of the reasoning was that they didn't want to throw it to the club's because it was all very late too, remember, if you go back. Yeah, yeah. Was, at least what the public were hearing it was is very late, and I think it was pretty similar, at least within Queensland rugby. So they sort of decided to take the hit and, and wear it themselves, which they do. And it's an interesting point you make about the juniors, because oh, it's, it's quite remarkable, my boy who's 11 and his mates, how closely they followed. They followed and, and it wasn't just the Sammy Karevis and the Reds and so on. They were talking Harry Parker and, you know, Tom uh-huh. Linkus and all these sorts of guys. So, uh, you know, that was a, a really promising sign of the the closeness of that sort of generation we're following it and again I guess credit to Queensland Rugby um, so it's not something we, w- we want to change dramatically is it Sean I mean a few tweaks here no, and there but we, no. we need that consistency of teams and, and alignments and you're right there might have to be a few adjustments but you know we, we don't want to see whole new sets of names and teams and all that sort of stuff yeah no no, no. I'd, I'd, I'd leave it I'll leave it as she is Reg I'd, um, I, think the, I think the law variations were bang on the money I think um I think you're right, we'll be better for a year on the belt and, and keep those teams so that we can start to build some kind of an identity behind them and start to um, start to really ramp it up, I think is, is key. So no, it, was, it was great. I, I was I was a big part of it. It was a whole lot of fun and 
as I've said, everyone embraced it and did the right thing. And one team that we haven't kind of touched on yet is the Melbourne Rising Short yes. Edges to be recorded for the way he got that squad kicking over. And that also was, that's also unearthed another, another layer down there. There's a huge Polynesian community tied up in a Duas there down there. And actually have some players. Uh, in that in that team, who were quality, like they were very, very impressive. OJ and Aaron um, Navalu, who came out of nowhere, he'll be a Super Rugby player next year. There's a couple others whose uh, whose names escape me, but you know they should just be applauded for what they did. And I think they were unfairly painted early on that they were just a Super Rugby team. They weren't. They were actively bringing on um, up and coming talent from out of their own local club comp. Yeah, absolutely. They really set the standard, and I guess um, in setting that standard, they they gave something for everyone to chase, so to speak. I mean, they they led the way, and as we said, you know, bonus point every game they played, and that, that loss to the Spirit um, in the semi was was a shock to all. But uh, should, as you say, should take nothing away. The other two teams I want to mention is those country teams. Um, really important elements, and you know, if, if there's some way that they can get additional funding, I just don't want them to lose the opportunity of of taking more games regionally and I know there's challenges around broadcast for that so they that has to be balanced but you know I want to keep seeing Queensland country heading up to to you know Mackay and and, and Gladstone and Cairns and and whatnot and New South Wales country uh, continuing on the good work they did I know it was a big effort for those guys but that's a really important element of it too uh, I'd like to see continue um uh, Shawnee, I guess would be remiss if we didn't ask you. It was always hard to get ratings. It wasn't in the top whatever to get ratings. How did it rate comparatively to you know things that? I think we. Uh, I think uh, don't don't um, don't quote me a hundred percent. It's been a hazy last couple of days, but I think we ended up with an average of twenty-two. That's on the odd side. So there are other ways that you get a more specific feel around um, ratings in particular in subscription TV but they're off that's off the Oscar box is 22 and the GF rated 35 I'm pretty sure so I think I'm pretty sure in saying that so much around about where we thought they'd, uh, they'd go in it's hard to give a comparison against other things but I'm led to believe that in the early days of uh, the A-League numbers were hard to come by so yeah. You've got to start somewhere. Yeah, and considering outside of yourselves as broadcaster, and and like we say, you know, without patting ourselves on the back, Matt, the likes of us and the rule, there wasn't too much elsewhere, and we would hope that the AAU will pick up their slack from a marketing perspective next year, um, but also maybe a bit more mainstream media talking more about rugby and and less about um, uh, LinkedIn and the like. But, um, you know, it was hard to see it out there, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, it was uh, really unfortunate timing, especially for that for the final, wasn't it? Um, as you as you were mentioning there, I mean, I've got a bit of a hope. I know, I mean, it's. I think I wrote something a few months back, sort of saying, you know, there would be no NRC without what Fox has done. Yeah. Um, so that's fantastic, and it's great that they've taken that forward. And so you got to tip the hat there. I think though that there's a virtuous circle there of getting at some external. Um, when I say free to air here, I guess I'm sort of saying I'm not necessarily saying even on a broadcast channel. So I think those streaming deals, mm. um, it's it's new stuff, and even though most you know more and more TVs are internet connected now, people just don't quite use them that way. Um, but then if we're getting used to seeing you know for you know, some of the 
biggest circulations we see of our content is actually through things like Facebook. Um, so, you know, I think if we can, if you can get that virtuous circle going where people get to see that, you know, for free, so to speak, and we can get, a, you know, a few more numbers, that then pumps it back into Fox, you know, and kind of the whole thing kind of builds. Um, and because, I mean, you know, there's obviously plenty more people with Fox subscriptions who weren't watching it even, so just yeah. to get those, those ratings up. So it'd be nice to see that kind of play off each other, and I think that's just going to take a little while um, to get kind of get rolling. And I think there's a, there's a nice meaty kind of marketing challenge there, I think, for the ARU, which is, you know, how do they do that? How do they just get that momentum behind it? Um, and I think it's not about trying to appeal to everyone straight off, but just, you know, getting a bit of a, almost building that cult following. Um, so we started the seeds of that. It'd be nice to see that kind of pick up um, over the next couple of years. And then, you know, God knows if you could even interest, you know, a free-to-air broadcaster at some stage, but I think we're headed in the wrong direction for that to happen anytime soon. You know, then the whole thing could really feed each other, and that'd be great to see. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, uh, let's let's move on from the NRC. I know I'm struggling uh, with post-NRC withdrawal symptoms, but um, thankfully, thankfully we've got a Wallaby tour to look forward to, and we, uh, you know, Sean, we'll let you get going, but I wouldn't mind your uh, your feedback on the first Wallaby game under Michael Cheeker uh, when they took on the the Barbarians uh, on Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Obviously, stuck away with a win there, forty to thirty-six. But um, it, was, it, was a, it was a great game of rugby, first and foremost. What was your? Oh uh, yeah, it was so good. Hey, how good was it? And you fellas would appreciate it. Seeing just some of those trick moves, just completely out of the box, and how close they went to coming off that. Um, the chip kick or the yep. box kick from five out, which very nearly led to a try for the Barbars. Mm. It has me thinking, like, imagine if you've got Izzy Flow and a lock chasing that through yeah. and the Wallabies are doing it. It's almost understandable. It's almost like give me five points from that position. Yeah. Like, s- they go up, they come down, they score. Yeah. Like, it was it was great to see. It was so good. And uh, Steve Little to his line out throw. I don't think we've been playing on if uh, Nick Cummins caught it, but just even seeing that just gets you going. How good can rugby be when you want to push the limits a little? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and full credit to Sir John Kerwin for sort of taking that approach as coach to to uh, trying new things. Apparently they played Leicester Tigers last night, whatever our time, early this morning, and they pulled off one of the most complicated... Well, they didn't pull it off. They attempted one of the most complicated tap moves involving all 14 in a huddle, um, all running (laughs) aimlessly around. I haven't seen the clip yet, but it's bound to pop up somewhere. Didn't come off, but again, trying new things, and that's what Barbars' rugby's about. Yeah. It is. It's not just a snazzy dresser, is what you're saying. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But um, yeah, no, it was good to see. It was good to see them. It was good to see the Barbars get close because, as you guys know, they've they've kind of fallen away in recent times. Yeah. I think they've just kind of been getting stuck in off the off the park. But uh, they really delivered on Saturday night. Another guy to, to aim up. I tell you what, seeing uh, seeing Henry State with some of the touches he has, he's just unbelievable. He. I think he has a wing spot with all these for as long as he can stay fit. He's that good. Uh, Sean McMahon, watching him, kind of, yeah. what a year that both had. Out of Queen's part of the year, NRC part of the year. I think he was, um, he was a rugby rookie maybe of the year he as was, well. Yeah. He was, kicking every single box he can get his hands on. And then the other night, like, just hitting the ball with such, such pace, such aggression. He's a mongrel with a breakdown. He's like, he's like a rabbit dog. He's no nonsense. He loves the rough stuff. He is perfect for Michael Checker. Mm. 
Well, what about what about that try he scored though when he had the ball, he was just about to pass it to Hall, who then goes, No, 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 mate, you just go through. It just <laughs> yeah, kind of like yeah. just, just pointed at the hole. He turned around, oh right, yeah. Afterburners, pow. Try. He's, a, he's a good kid too. He's um he he just he kinda gets it, you know, so you can you can tell early on when they folks are gonna go far I've got some similarities to the Tyler Pacer in many ways to Liam Messon, you know, that real complete sort of a game. He could play six or six or seven without too much drama, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Higgins is injured uh, this next tech, so we'll see if he gets a run with the team to be named. I guess I lose track of the time change, but in the next 24 hours or so. So what do we learn from this? Could we take much from this in terms of what any changes in, in style under the new... Chica regime? I don't know. Yeah, I, reckon, I, don't, I don't know that we're going to see too much of a difference yep. in terms of how they play than we did um, from that third letter. So I, I think it just we just continue on that path, don't we? I mean, that's, that was a sort of rugby that we all want to watch them playing, and that was it was similar to, in many ways, the way the Waratahs played yep. this year. I, I think we just continue on that track and, and keep... Um, Keep enjoying with what, keep enjoying what they're serving up, because that's good rugby, you know. That's that's good rugby, and that's the sort of footy uh, that's going to take you a long way in terms of carrying you back into the mainstream back here in Australia and and carry you deep in all World Cups. So they're just going again. Uh, I think that's his third man of the match in his last five oh. or six games. Yeah. He's amazing, How good isn't he? Been? Yeah. yeah. In, in our ranking, in that ranker thing that we do, he's just absolutely smashed it. Yeah, he's, he's such a he's such a big unit too. Like he he's rangy and he's in like leather, hard to drop, and his ball skills like big mix being able to throw it up in contact, down in the tackle. Uh, he's he's if he can stay on the par, that's going to serve us pretty well, boys. So mm. I don't know. I, I'm I'm really bored by. It. I just and this is what happened last year. And I know I'm preaching to the converted, but. On that spring tour last year, the Wallabies played such a great style of rugby. They opened teams up, they, they got it done, but the magnitude and the, um, the quality of their wins was, was glossed over back here because it was in the middle of the night. No yeah, one's out yeah, watching it, yeah. no one's across it. Yep. No, it's not no one cares, it's just people are oblivious to it. Out of sight, out so, of mind, yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. So I don't know how they get around that bit on this, that on this tour, but I can see them. I can see them potentially sweeping each of those teams in the um, in the coming weeks. I really can. Really? Yeah. I mean, I thought what was really interesting of it, because, uh, you know, we had a few that kind of old, older combinations, I guess, in there as well, as this style of play, I mean, it, you can't just call it checker style of play because they were playing it, like you said, Shawnee, in the third Bledisloe, but I thought there were a few combinations that got showed up a little bit by it as well. Um, so I thought, you know, that the, the, the props we started with, um, yeah. You know, Robbo and Alexander. Uh, yeah, I think they're, they're finding it hard to. When, when I say they're not, they're not playing as badly as we've had some props play in the past, but I actually think that, you know, Slips and Kepu have been playing really, really well. Um, and I think, so there's, a, there's, feels like there's a little bit of chalk and cheese, I think, between those two um, in their total games, both in the set piece and around the park. And then I thought the other one, the other combo, which you can understand it because they played, you know, by the rule, even super rugby, let alone international rugby, was the uh, Genia-Cooper combo. Um, I just, you know, it's a very different style of rugby that, you know, that Czech has been playing with the Waratahs there over this last year and not many people have been able to stick with it. And I think just 
you know, you can't just teleport into it. Um, I think it takes quite a bit to get up to speed for that. And I think those guys, you know, when you're not even at international level, um, trying to keep up with that, that other style is going to be really, really tough. So I, I thought that they were two sets of pairs that I kind of felt, uh, you, you could see the difference as far as there was quite a big gap between, you know, those older pairs and what you need to do to be able to stay with that brand of rugby that Checker wants that I completely agree that a McMahon has someone like that's got the power and the pace and the young ticker to, to be able to stick with it. Well, your video analysis you did on the on the site today, Matt, of the difference between Genie and Phipps is, is remarkable. And, and Phipps has really won me over this year from the Tars forms to obviously maintain for his Wallaby form. His clearance is just sensational. And it's 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 an asset for us now. It's a, almost a weapon for us. It's it's such a, a boon for that team, and you can really see the difference when he's out there in that sort of form. And you're right, it's, he, it's not always 100% accurate, but the speed of delivery, um, and, and as you point out, in that clip, which is well worth a, a, a review, is is how he takes that ball. He gets it out quickly, but he's also he's moving forward, and, and it's just such an obvious difference for that Wallaby team. And I, I'd be having Phipps over Kenya every day of the week at the moment. Well, I, I think it's a bit of a thing of it's a bit of a different philosophy in rugby, which is, you know, when you move at that pace, you know, not everything can be right all the time. Sure, you'd like it to be, and you're going to work towards that. You know, things are going to be a little bit rough. And I mean, it's, it's, it's what Czech has been saying all season, right? Or for a couple of years, you just, you just got to try and try and do it. And mistakes will happen if you're trying to do the right thing. And it's the other, it's the thing that Bob Dwyer talks about in his column all the time is if you really want to put the defense under pressure, you're going to have to put yourself under pressure. You, yeah. you can't do it easy. You can't sit back in a box. Um, you can't take your time to hit the right pass. Uh, you've got to do it at speed, and you've got to do it flat at the line. And when you do that, you know it's, it, you, you are making it as hard as you make it for yourself. You make it for them as well. Um, and so it's kind of raising that ante. Um, That's really interesting, Matt, because the the other comment you made on that video is, video is the the distance between Quaid standing back and and Foley standing forward. And and Shauna, you would have seen this with Quaid in all those Super Rugby seasons. And even at his peak in 2.11, he only gets the ball when he really wants it, you know? And he'll often sit back in that box and, and tell whoever's getting it, another forward up, another forward up, until he's right ready for it. But what you're saying, and and it would seem under the this, this Chica model, is that that's got to change. He, you know, he needs to be is you know taking the ball when it's ready and, and, and keeping the play moving pretty fast, which... If, if we could come off with great skills, that would be remarkable. But at the moment, he, he's, uh, he hasn't played much under that direction, I guess. And they're, and they're rusty, too, aren't they, Matty? Like they've just had fleeting touches here and there. You know, Quaid came back by yeah. a few minutes. A game of, of NRC and, and Will was the same. So once they start to, to get more game time under the belt, I mean, it's just, I'm just so happy that we've got some depth at long yeah. last. You know, these guys starting to come through. There's pressure coming on. In all the right, in all the right spots, which is good for all of us. You know, I really think it's just it's nice for us to have those problems to have because we haven't been in a position like that for for quite some time. Yeah, no, no, I'm right there with you. Um, look, let's quickly go look at, at, at this week's game this weekend. We've got Wales and uh, Wales have named their team today. Wallaby is still to be named, but we we talked about Kurandrani before and the form he's <laughs> been in. How about this matchup this weekend with Wales moving George North to 13? And, and inside him, Jamie Roberts. So that's a, a monstrous centre pairing, but significantly North off the wing into the centre. So massive call. Oh, it'll be a crack out. Remember how good the game was last year between the two teams? They just built it to each other for, for the entirety of the game. It was a cracking fight. 
keeping the same this weekend. And uh, I don't think you'd find a bigger. I don't, you'd go a long way to find a bigger team than uh, Robertson North in in the midfield. And I, I just wonder how do you uh, how do you guys reckon they'll uh, handle those two big boppers? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, it much depends on who we pick. Kurandrani loves to run out of the line, and I think he'll, um, I think he'll look forward to that play with with George North there. And, and George will, I know he's played. I think he's played a few of his provincial games at outside centre, but not much more. He'll put a real pressure on getting North in the right position there. Who plays inside Kurandrani? You know, I guess we don't know. It's still between Matty T and Lee Liafano. Matty T's known for his uh, aggressive defence, but Liliafano, particularly that, that all-black game when he was so fantastic, stood up in defence as well. So he'll have it all for him, um, you know, with with uh, up against uh, Jamie there as well. So that'll be a great battle. But um, I, I think uh, while North getting the hands, hands on the ball a bit more, I think it's an opportunity for us as well. Yeah, I, I think um, it's a it's a mouthwatering clash, isn't it? Um, those two mid those two midfields. But I've got to say, I, I quite I quite fancy us there with a little bit of uh, fleet of foot. Um, and I don't think there's neither of those. Let's say it's Tamura and Kuradrani. That'd be my guess. Yeah. Um, I don't think either of those guys. Neither of those guys are afraid of contact. No. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I you know I remember in the, you know in the Lions, um, both uh, yeah North and who was the other winger. Uh, uh, Cuthbert, yeah, yeah, he's a big, big bugger. Is, is he? Is he? Is he named at the side? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he got um, shown up a few times as well. Um, so I mean, yeah, that'll be really interesting. But I would think um, our guys would be licking their lips a little bit at those guys in the midfield, especially uh, North, uh, inexperienced there, um, and yeah, see what we can do. Yeah, exciting stuff. And that Wales team, and you know, I don't follow the uh, the comp over there as strong. I, I know. Speaking of a few Welsh peoples, they're not entirely impressed with it, but you know, rarely are people impressed with their own team all the time unless you they speak with a New Zealand accent. So there's some concerns there about the form of guys like Dan Lydiate and and uh, Liam Williams, who's undoubtedly a, a, a prodigiously talented player, but a bit of a loose cannon. Um, so look, uh, these Welsh Wallaby games, I know we've won, is it eight in a row now versus Wales? Um, we have that sort of level of dominance, but they've been cracking games, as Shawnee said, last year's game and, and those ones before them. They've always been great games, so we hope this one will be no different and that that atmosphere in Cardiff is always a, a bit of a highlight for us. So um, one to look forward to on early Sunday morning. And I mean, I guess the first thing is, that, yeah, with the, the Barbars game was, you know, selection wasn't a big thing. It was, you know, easy to give a few people a run. It'll be interesting to see what, you know, checks first... You know, yeah, you had a um, bit as far as his uh, team, team selection. Yeah, you had a bit of a strike there, Matt. But we, we <laughs> <agree with> you, <laughs> mate. And, and I guess the question. I'm that excited. Yeah. <laughs> the question becomes: Is that number six jersey? Assuming McCallum, McCallum, you know, sticks with eight. Uh, does uh, the young superstar McMahon come straight into six, or do they pick Matty Hodgson, or they they even give Luke Jones a consideration there? Uh, Shawnee, what what do you think they'll do? Oh, I'd like to see him toss McMahon right in and say, "Have at it, kid. Go, go your hardest and see what he's see what he's made of." You know, I just like I, you got nothing to lose. It's tossing in there and um and let him let him loose. He's, I, I don't think he'd let you down. I think he'd I think he'd aim up and and get stuck in going away from him. I reckon he would just go ballistic. So I'd be I'd be giving him a run up there and uh, obviously the other other ones are probably straightforward. 
Tom Bryson and, and Ty Tiger. And just going to your point before, Matty, about uh, the difference between uh, Benny Robinson and Benny Ake to James Cook and Coffee Kettle, I think one of the things that, uh, that's clear now in the differentiation between those two sets is that Swift and the Coffee is becoming so good now at carrying the ball in contact. They're making lots of yards after um, after contact, and, and that perhaps in years previous they didn't didn't have that element of their game or wasn't as strong. Now, every time they're getting through guys and the steel meters um, after being hit first up, so they um, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade Super for, for anyone at the moment. He's going gangbusters. No, he's, he's, well, and, and if, he, if he's not stepping people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. There's uh, actually in that analysis that uh, you were talking about, Rich, there's a bit there. It's not looking at Slipper, but there's that one where he takes the second line ball and he just, he steps, I think it's Bowden Barrett, just absolutely leaves him cold. Um, uh, and it, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a phenomenal talent. And then um, does really well. I, I think he was very hard, harshly done by in that match as well um, with the ref, uh, you know, against, uh, I think it was Franks. Um, when it was clear that Franks was Neil was on the ground for most of the scrums uh, where Slipper was getting penalised. So, I mean, you know, he's doing really well at both ends of the game. Um, and I think you spot on, Shawnee, with, with Kepps and that leg drive. And, you know, even if he's scrambling along the ground, he's making another sort of, you know, four or five metres every time, which is just gold dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he's, uh, he's going well. All right, well, let's, let's quickly give us your tips for the game. Albeit we don't know the Wallaby team, but let us know what you think. I, I think our Skype call is about to disintegrate, but I want to talk about one quick thing <laughs> after this. Shawnee, you reckon the Wallabies? Well, you obviously you said we're going to sweep this tour, so you're pretty confident about yeah. this test. I reckon I reckon Wallabies by uh, by ten. Maddie, oh, I'd second that. That's a good one. Yep. All right. Well, let's make it Wallabies by thirty all up. 10 plus 4 plus 10. <laughs> Too easy. Um, all right, let's move on. The, the big moment last weekend, uh, you know, if you talk from a global rugby perspective, was this all-black test versus the, the Yanks in Chicago. Uh, we had hoped to have uh, USA Rugby, who many people would know from the forum and Twitter and so on, on, but he hasn't logged onto, Twitter, uh, Twitter, uh, onto Skype. I think we may have had our, uh, our time change wrong, but uh, he might pop up in a couple of hours um, to see us post the podcast without him. But uh, he was going to give us a bit of a, 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 a feel from the game over there. But you guys watch it, Shawnee? Did you see the game? Two bits and pieces, mate. I was, uh, I got a thousand bit dusty after celebrating the end of the NRP thing yeah. down at the Friday <laughs> down the riverfront. I don't think I got out of there till like four thirty. So oh, and, um, I woke up with chicken and fried vegetable pie face all over the. Uh, all over the rug, so... Just a I standard Friday's Friday's event. I saw highlights, and I, and as I touched some of you guys before we, uh, we got involved tonight, just, just the heart and the, um, the heart and the over-exaggeration of the whole thing around America is awesome. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maddie, what about you? Did you see much of it? No, I haven't, mate. I haven't seen, well, I didn't see any of it, um live at all um but i'm you know just catching some of the the, the press wrap up um the, the i think who was it there's somebody did something where they just got a bunch of the, the tweets together yeah um, yeah, and and you know from the americans just going wow what is this stuff you know it's just absolutely, absolutely fantastic i mean you know there's um there's some great statistics um we've got an infographic somewhere on the site looking at the supporter bases around the world and the two biggest supporter bases around the world are france and the u.s um, and that's simply, and you know, it's a very, very small percentage of, you know, 
US citizens who know anything about rugby, but that's a very big, very big number. So anything you can do to, you know, leverage that has just got massive sort of scalable or multiple effect. So um, how many people did they get to this thing? Was it 50,000, 60,000? Yeah, they, they sold it out. And so Soldier Field, which is home to the Chicago Bears, and I had to think, sure, 65,000, they were... They were around, and it was the first time ever I was speaking to Paul Emmett, the former USA leader, before the game, and he said this was the first time ever that a 15 USA game had been shown on national TV live. So they're heading the right direction over there in the States. And it was awesome to see as well that they had uh, Enrique Palazzo, who's also sang the national anthem in Naked Gun, come out for uh <laughs> 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 You've got to watch the anthem. You've just got to watch the anthem. He went for about six minutes. I don't offer dinner, and I'm sure I saw Mizzou Nielsen in the background somewhere. <laughs> that is brilliant. I love it. I'm going to have to yeah. go look that up. Um, and, and look, just a great boost, I mean, financially for USA Rugby too, to must have to have that crowd there. Um, but uh, awesome effort, and it would have been a shame to... It would have been great to have... Uh, uh, a USA Rugby expert on just to hear about yeah you know, the perception is is it a good thing for USA Rugby to be thrashed by um, you know seventy odd eighty points by the All Blacks or but the whole experience is that the positive enough and I get the, get a feeling that the whole vibe it created was uh, was you know made it all worthwhile. Um, all right, well that wraps us up, Shawnee. Thanks, awesome for coming on the show and spending so time for us. A big weekend for you guys, Fox Sports. A lot of rugby on the TV this weekend. Yeah, it just keeps coming, doesn't it? And then we got uh, we got July sevens coming up in coming weeks. It, it just never ends. It just never ever ends. It's a sport that keeps giving the years. Uh... <laughs> well, it's keeping you in a the job there, Shawnee, which is good. It's that's good right. That's exactly right. And uh, hey, boys, congratulations as well, and thanks for your continued support of the NRC and through uh, all things across all uh, levels this year. Terrific, as always. Oh, no, no worries, Shawnee. You beat me to it because I was just about to say the same to you guys and, and particularly you and Swaney this year have been awesome on the uh, the over and aboves in terms of rugby promotion. Some of those little clips you've done have been brilliant. And But uh, the coverage of uh, us, uh, NRC in particular has been great. Look, we all love it. We're all fans and we all just want to see it uh, grow and get bigger and bigger. Good man, good man. All right, all right. Shawnee, Matt, thank you for time, guys. Steve, thanks again. Thanks, Shawnee. Listeners, thanks again, and we'll speak to you next week. Right there, right there, right there.